This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. For the last several years, legislators have introduced bills that make it illegal to to discriminate based on hair texture and style, typically referred to as the Crown Act, but it's never passed. We need to talk about this. This is real. We've got examples of uh, basketball players being suspended uh, because of uh, the hairstyle they choose to wear. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. With Groundhog Day on Friday, fans of animal meteorology were dealt a blow Wednesday. Chris Schultz has more. Punxsutawney Phil may be the most popular weather-predicting groundhog, but French Creek Freddy is the local favorite. However, fans will not have a chance to watch the four-legged forecaster this year. The West Virginia State Wildlife Center, where Freddie lives, is closed indefinitely. During his regular briefing Wednesday, Governor Jim Justice explained that the closure was related to an issue with a fence. Our state wildlife center is temporarily closed due to an abrupt decision by the USDA to no longer recognize an indefinite variance for a secondary containment fence that was issued 24 years ago. Justice says this, along with a challenge by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to the state's trout stocking program, are, quote, a move by folks that are trying to punish states. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. The Allegheny Front, based in Pittsburgh, is a public radio program that reports on environmental issues in the region. A year ago, a train derailment in the community of East Palestine, Ohio, turned the lives of many residents upside down. Here's their latest story about a group of residents trying to make a difference when this happens again. When the Norfolk Southern train derailed last February in East Palestine, all eyes were on the Ohio town. But residents just across the Pennsylvania border were impacted too, including one advocating for changes so the disaster and its aftermath won't happen again. This is the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Kara Holsoppel. At first, Hillary Flint didn't think the derailment would directly affect her. After all, she and her grandmother lived almost four miles away in Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. But when she heard about the plan to burn vinyl chloride from some of the cars, she decided to be cautious and spend the night at a hotel further away, even though their home wasn't in the evacuation zone. As they drove away, her small dog howling in the car, she was glad she did. If you looked in the rearview mirror, you could see the plume. So it was very post-apocalyptic. I thought, oh man, we're never going to be able to go back there. But they did go back. They couldn't afford more than one night away. As they walked through the door, that bleach smell many have described hit them immediately. Flint's eyes watered and her skin became red. To this day, if I'm in my house, I am like a lobster. She also got a migraine and felt an ache in her bones. From when the derailment happened to about six months, I just worked and worked and worked so that I could afford to every few days get a hotel and stay in a hotel for a couple days. In the meantime, Flint emailed and made phone calls to state and federal regulators and to Norfolk Southern, but she was told her home was outside of the impacted area. It couldn't have been affected. This impacts certain people differently. It's very easy to judge from the outside that, you know, maybe my neighbors say, I'm not sick, Hillary must be lying. And so if we just believe people, I think it's really important. Flint is a cancer survivor of renal cell carcinoma. 
She's most concerned about how living in her home could affect her remission in the long term. So now we're just living in this gray area of what do we do? And it's difficult. Like, I have to watch my grandma who, you know, that's the home her mother built. A month after the vinyl chloride fire and explosion, researchers took samples from her home. Flint says they found dioxins, vinyl chloride, and ethyl hexyl acrylate. When Flint realized how much she was spending on even sporadic hotel stays to get away from all of that, she decided it was time for her and her grandmother to move. She signed a lease for a rental in the Finger Lakes region of New York. She works remotely there about three weeks a month for her full-time job with the advocacy group Beaver County Marcellus Awareness Community. Then she spends about a week in Pennsylvania staying with friends or at her home. And she says it's been frustrating trying to get answers from officials about what comes next. Early on, scrolling Facebook, she realized other people also had a lot of questions about safety and resources and were getting different answers. They thought, why not band together? So Flint co-founded the Unity Council for the East Palestine Train Derailment with Ohio and other Pennsylvania residents. We created um, a list of demands. (laughs) They were like pretty reasonable things. You know, indoor air testing, long-term water monitoring of like wells, relocation, just things that I thought were really reasonable to ask after a disaster. She says now they're focusing on the systems that need to be rearranged. You know, how do we make sure there's great health testing in the very beginning of things? How do we make sure there's good checks and balances? I'm delusionally hopeful. You know, we the people in the end, we, we will change the systems that hold us back right now. All of our reporting about the train derailment is at AlleghenyFront.org slash East Palestine. It's supported by the Fund for Investigative Journalism. That's the Allegheny Front Environment Updates. I'm Carol Hosopel. The Allegheny Front is based in Pittsburgh and reports on regional environmental news. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Becoming partly sunny today, highs in the 40s and low 50s. A slight chance of rain or snow tonight with lows in the 30s. Mostly cloudy on Friday with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by the Charleston's Women of Achievement Awards Luncheon, Friday, March 8th at Embassy Suites Hotel. Tickets at ywcacharleston.org. Call 1-800-RADIO-87 to pledge your support to West Virginia Public Broadcasting or go to wvpublic.org. For the last several years, legislators have introduced bills that make it illegal to discriminate based on hair texture and style, typically referred to as the Crown Act, but it's never passed. Senator Mike Caputo, a Democrat from Marion County, introduced a bill already, and Delegate Anitra Hamilton, a Democrat from Montegalia County, has a version ready to introduce in the House. Reporter Brianna Heaney spoke with both of them to get their perspective. Can you guys talk to me about some of the bills that you guys are planning to propose or have proposed and why they are important? Well, there's two bills that I know of in the Senate, mine and and Chairman Charlie Trump, uh, which 
made me very happy to see uh, you know a man of his caliber introduce that bill. So you know we we need to talk about this. This is real. We've got examples of uh, basketball players being suspended uh, because of uh, the hairstyle they choose to wear. We've got examples of women uh, that just get discriminated in the workplace and and put on you know back row jobs because of their hairstyle, and it just shouldn't be. I mean, we, we just got to learn to let people be who they want to be. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't see anything really hard about that. It's, it's, not a, it's not a difficult decision for me. So. And I'm introducing a bill as well, dealing with the Crown Act, and as Senator said, it's so important. Um, it affects, this is the total essence of diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, being able to be who we are, express who we are, and it has zero to do with our abilities, our talents, our intellectual skill. Um, and as Senator said, it should not and ought not be. Yeah, it's just plain and simple. I mean, 24 states already have this, from what I understand. And Atrium, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. And some cities in West Virginia have passed city ordinances, so to speak, to, to make sure this discriminatory practice does not happen in their city. So, you know, we need to think more about inclusion rather than exclusion. You know, it's a shame that we even have to waste time down here to talk about things that just should be uh, uh, normal to people, you know. So I hope to see it become law. It's been, uh, uh, I've introduced it for several years. Uh, I've co-sponsored it when I was in the House. I've introduced it as a lead sponsor on the Senate side. It's not made a committee meeting yet. We did have it on an agenda last year or the year before. I can't remember, but the chairman, for whatever reason, pulled the bill. So we never had to have the discussion. And we need to have the discussion. I think it's also important because hairstyle, hair texture, it dates back to our ancestry. So our history is who we are. Um, not only is it a part of our expression, it's core to who we are as a person. And I think that having ways to discriminate based on hair, hair texture, hairstyles, um, it's just those minute ways to further divide us um, as a people, as a nation. I'm proud to say Mon County did, was one of the ones who passed the ordinance for the Crown Act. And I think that as West Virginia, we're really saying the motto, choose West Virginia, we have to uphold you know, the standards to say that you are welcome here, you are included here. And looking at different cases, even around the country, where kids are being placed in in-school suspension, they're having to um, attend school at an outside facility because of the length or the style of their hair is absolutely ridiculous. They're, they're losing valuable education time. And we know here in West Virginia, education is one of the sore points of where we're trying to get our reading scores, our math scores up. So I feel like we're focusing on the wrong things. We're clearly focusing on the wrong things. And when it comes to hair, we also have to realize the standard of beauty that was set. And it's very unfair um, to try to conform everybody to a standard of beauty um, you know, that may not apply to especially women of color, black women. Um, and it has health benefits. You know, straightening our hair, there has been many cases to show where women are um, being stricken with cancer, um, the psychological effects. So this bill is so important in so many ways. It's just not about appearance, but it's really about the self-esteem, the confidence, and the ability of this state to say, we want more people here and more people that looks particularly like me.
That was Delegate Anitra Hamilton and Senator Mike Caputo speaking with reporter Brianna Heaney for the legislature today about the Crown Act. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website and tune in every weekday at 6 p.m. for the legislature today. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.